You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. Welcome to the Hello Sport Podcast, home of unqualified opinion and unwavering bias. Now, this is a little different this week. We've got Eddie is in Byron Bay and I am Correct. in Sydney. This is this is a, a long distance podcast. We don't know how it's going to work. The sound might be a bit weird. Yeah, fuck, it may not even come up at all. But introducing my good friend for the first time today, Edward Simpson. Hello, how are you? Thomas, it's a pleasure to be here all the way from Byron Bay. Um, you know how committed I am to the punter and the dribbler, so obviously wouldn't miss this for the world. Uh, no. Thank you for 2018 technology. Yes. That's all I can say because we're more connected than ever, Tom. That's it. Even even though we're worlds apart, we are still as close as two friends could be. It's beautiful. <laughs> and, I mean, let's be honest, it was one of those things where with everything that has happened in the, the sporting world of the last week and more specifically in the last sort of 24, 48 hours, re McGregor, Khabib, not, you know, just the, the, the shit storm that that all is. We really couldn't afford to miss this week. Fuck it just wasn't no. one of the, It wasn't one of those ones we could, we could do. Now, Eddie, I got to tell you, doing this from home is a little different. The punter and dribbler, I'll paint a little picture of it, but I have a cat. I got a cat now. I'm, you know, I'm a parent. And this thing couldn't be more annoying. Just, just for everyone to know, it's chewed through two laptop chargers of mine. Sorry, three laptop chargers of mine. Three? Just did a third. Did a third. I borrowed Didn't, one off Chica. And wasn't it, it, what, it was only a first the other day, wasn't it? First, then I bought one. It chewed <laughs> through that. I then borrowed one off Chica. And then it was already on the way out a little bit, but Louie finished the job. Yeah. And uh, I'm now on my fourth. And right now, as we speak, he's climbing up my fucking back while I'm trying to and sit down. For the, punter, for the punter and dribbler playing along at home, they would know that, or well, some would know that those – those fucking Apple chargers. But they're like 150 a pop, aren't they? $110, Eddie, per charger. <laughs> uh, I've, I've only paid for one of them, but I have ruined a good friend's charger now. So, I mean, well, it was a cost, Tom. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's if we take that as a charitable donation. He didn't necessarily specify. Um, the jury's out right now. The jury's out. I'm, I'm going to wait for him to make the call on that one. Probably mm. going to be in the hole. But he has just given me a second charger. So I don't think he's, his computer's using um, this charge that I got. Anyway, look, I digress. I'm in the hole. The cat's annoying the fuck out of me. Uh, bigger fish to fry, Eddie, if I can say that. Certainly bigger fish to fry. Um, Connor lost. Khabib won. There's a bit going on there. Oh, there's uh, so much to bloody digest, Tom. I can't wait to There's so much to digest. Uh, and then obviously, look, just a couple other tidbits. Golf. Is it, it golf? Is this golf is as sexy as it's been? I think for the last sort of twenty years. I don't know. Maybe that's a bit much, but ten, at least ten. Golf's as sexy as it's been for ten years. Um, the cricket's back on, Eddie. Obviously, we've uh, we, we're, we're taking on Pakistan right now in an empty stadium somewhere in the UAE, and a couple other things. So I think it's best that we just rip into that. Oh, I think we just rip in, mate. Let's just rip into the big stories. Yeah, before my cat shoes through another charger. Um, okay. USC 229 took place Sunday, Australia time. Uh, Connor lost. Not just lost, though, Eddie. Not just lost. Got absolutely pumped. fucking pumped. 
Now, you and me, Tom, we're, we're big McGregor fans. I think that's fair to say. I mean, yeah. the punter and the dribbler certainly knows that. You and I Absolutely. know that. Um, yeah. All our friends know that. We, we love the man. We've, we've, we've ridden him for, you know, three or four years now. Um, ridden him hard, ridden him and, true. And ridden him hard and true. I mean, he's been a fantastic pony underneath, you know what I mean? He's <laughs> given us all that we could have hoped for. A he's real thoroughbred. Hell of, it's a hell of a ride, a real thoroughbred, a real a ride of your life stuff, do you, yes. if I'm frank. Um, yeah. That went up in flames yesterday, Tom. Or, it did, it went up in flames. Or down in like a, a, the the constriction of a python, I yeah. mean python yeah, it, rather. It was strangled. I mean, it was strangled. It, but the story, the narrative, the love, the passion, the ride was strangled out of us, the punter and the dribble. Yeah, extinguished the flame. <laughs> but, I mean, like, if we're being honest here, obviously we were riding his nuts hard, as we yeah. tend to do, Connor, because of everything he's given to us before. Yeah. And, look, and I guess you could say that the punter and the dribbler, the peripheral listener to Hello Sport might have thought, well, these two don't think much of Khabib. They don't think that he's got a chance. But I'll have you know, punters, dribblers, Khabib's a friend of the show. I mean, he's a friend of the show. <laughs> he's a friend of ours, as much as Connor ever was. We just obviously, I mean, maybe we just didn't, you know, articulate what, what, it as well as we could have. That's right. You maybe we've taken a sambo class with with Khabib back in my day. You don't think I'm into wrestling as well? Come, come on, come on, punters. Trip. I mean, look, we know class when we see it. We respect class. We That's celebrate right. class on this show, for Christ's sake, Tom. So don't come here and tell me that I don't know class when I see it. That's not <sighs> the point. We would just we just show a level of loyalty on this show, and we showed a little bit of loyalty to a throbber who has given us a lot of joy over the years, and it felt right and honest. And the respectful, honourable thing to do, Tom, would be to ride the fuck out of his cock going into the biggest fight of the UFC. I mean, that's what felt like the right and true thing to do. And that doesn't mean that I thought any lesser Khabib. It just means that I was I was riding a true pony. That's it. At least and, I thought. Well, we thought. Well, we were to a point. But yeah. what I would say now is, Eddie, I mean, I mean, that, that, that Khabib's looking every bit of throb. <laughs> I mean, not to jump ponies mid-race, Eddie, but I mean, <laughs> well, I'm not gonna, you can ride. Well, it's, look, I'm not going to jump off mid-race, Tom, but it's, it's a pony that I could jump onto in the future. All I'm saying is I might be coming down the straight on one pony, but I'm certainly got my eye on one next to me. I'm not necessarily have I haven't got my full focus on the race. I'm looking at another no. pony that looks every bit of prize winning pony. Oh, he um, looks very, very rideable. I mean, <laughs> he looks very rideable. This young pony, this young stallion, this young throbber. Um, now, don't you reckon? Seeing that fight, let's just get into what we saw there. Connor didn't look. Great. This is and what I'm I just talking about. I'm just talking about when he was actually like uh, his stand-up game, which we sort of hang our hat on, which Connor mm. hangs his hat on. Didn't look there. Didn't look that good. My, this is what I'd say on it. See if see if you come with me now. Maybe a little bit of ring rust in the in the opening exchanges. You could put it down to, but then once he was taken to the ground. And he was on the ground for like three and a half minutes, I think, in the first round. He, yeah. The life and the soul and the fight was literally extinguished. 
Like, you could tell when he got up off the ground and walked over to his fucking chair, you could tell the fight was gone in him. And even though he comes out and he's speaking and fucking pointing and yahooing, like, going into the second, there was no fight in that dog, Tom. There was no No, fight in that dog. It seemed like he was just trying to jack himself up for it. He was kind of like, oh, fuck, this man is no joke. Those And those eyes do not lie, bro. They do not lie. And I'll tell you what, his stand-up game was fucking ordinary in the second. Like, it was gone. He completely- yeah, it just didn't look like he was doing it. He was like, I'm, I'm waiting for you to hit him in the face, please, Connor. What the fuck's hey, going on here? And he didn't press at all. He was he looked fucking sloppy. And then he gets rocked by that right. I mean, I've never seen him rocked. Have you? No. No, only with Nate when he was sort of like, you know, but not like that, not that clean and crisp. I mean, like he got absolutely he got dropped, mate. Yeah. Yeah. He dropped him and he just looked he just looked like a floppy sloppy piece of shit really after the first he literally yeah. he was so tired and they're like the commentators were saying it's so tiring like he just he put so much pressure on you Khabib that it's just it's just exhausting every yeah and didn't did you come away with like I've come away with a new appreciation for wrestling oh. which obviously is it's boring as shit to watch Eddie but when you saw how comprehensively dominated Connor was with what Khabib was doing. Like, do you see the way he was wrapping up his legs? Yes, bro. His legs were crossed over and underneath. He was sitting there. No, he was like, he was sitting there with his, and he'd just cross his legs. So he couldn't move. So we tried this this today. We tried this today. uh, And it was, I was sitting on the ground Mm. with my legs crossed. Just trying to get off the ground, just with my legs crossed. No one on me. Not there's no no fucking twenty six and O sambo wrestling phenom, uh, you know, choking the life out of me, strangling me. Mm. Just me and my thoughts and my legs crossed, trying to get up. And you literally can do nothing. You can't do anything. I've it's, never it's, seen that before. It's, but it's brilliant. I don't know why more people don't do it. Well, I just don't think anyone is Khabib, dude. I just don't think anyone's Khabib. Yeah. And I think that's what we realize. And, you know, look, we talked to a lot of shit, not necessarily about Khabib, but, you know, just sort of, we were very dick. We were, we were cocksure about Connor. Well, it was and- just because, it was just because what I think what fucking got us more than anything was the big moment is different. Do you know what I mean? Like, and there'd yes. been so many fuckers that had, that had fallen into the, the moment so to speak, like Aldo, fucking Alvarez, like just bed shitters, really. And yes. you, you sort, I sort of, I sort of tied that in with the fact that Khabib hadn't fought anyone of merit, really. Like no big top five throbbers. No, he hadn't had any. He hadn't had any top five throbbers. And so we, and Connor's hands. We thought he went and boxed for fucking mm-hmm. however long. If you know, for six months just on his hands, he's going to come out and fucking feed him. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. We couldn't be Khabib. I thought he was gonna. I thought he was going to get finished in the first or the second. I can't remember. So I'm surprised he went three. I think it was no, the second. second. Second when he was getting ground and pounded. Absolutely. That was brutal, bro. I was like, how are you? How is Did he going to land a punch for God's sake? No, dude, not really. Nothing of nothing worthy, bro. Nothing like no. really where you were like. So. And then and then just got strangled out. Oh yeah, choked out. Oh yeah. Oh, it was brutal stuff. Brutal stuff. So, brutal as shit. Uh, but full full marks to Khabib, friend of the show, uh, the Eagle, mate. Uh, reach out. Obviously, we haven't spoken for a while. We let you have your fight camp. Um, 
But Eddie, just just on this, the the fracas, mm. the melee, the brouhaha mm. post fight, the fight after the fight. That's right. I will say this. This loss certainly does go a long way to tainting the career of Connor. He's calling for a rematch. I don't know how that goes or if I even care. Well, no, look, look. I think that given the brouhaha after the brouhaha, I'm absolutely keen to see a rematch. Now, yeah, that's I think what we're going to see here is is – so let me let me say it a different way. I absolutely want to see a rematch because I absolutely want to be involved in another in another fight build up. Do you know what I mean? I absolutely yeah. want to be that guy that just that just gets to live and breathe another fucking big fight week build up or months build up. But yeah. I think what we might have on our hands here, Thomas, um, and this is just a little opinion of mine, is that we may have another Ronda Rousey sort of fall on our hands when ah. maybe, you know, like he goes in there and might make a little bit of a better account of himself, but largely he's going to be dominated and that's that that might be all she, she wrote. You know what I mean? And you, if yeah. you think they're not rematching, you're a fucking idiot. There's no way he just bins him and goes fights Diaz or something. He's a man of pride and principle and believes yes. in himself so <laughs> – passionately and with such, you know, unwavering belief that he's going to fucking go for the rematch 150%. But I just can't see in what world he wins. But also, and then, also and then Khabib. In, terms of, in terms of making money as well, this thing, after what happened, this will be next level uh, pay-per-view interest. Oh, mate. Well, they were talking big fucking numbers anyway. They were talking one and a, two and a half. Now, yeah, I, don't I know, wonder though, UFC, whether those yarns are just sort of Well, the like, UFC is you know, a fucking private company, so they don't actually release the numbers, which is a pain in the ass. But I think, yeah. I mean, best estimates on Diaz 2 is like 1.65, I think. So yes. that was big. This was definitely bigger. Definitely bigger. Well, yeah, it was, but I, I wonder whether it was – it wasn't – I don't think it was bigger until the end of the event, you know what I mean? Like, no, it was I don't know. Scale, but I don't know whether – it didn't have as much hype around it, I don't think. You don't think? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Well, sure look, that. who knows? Anyway, on to the fracker. Mm. Now, fight finishes, Connor's dominated – and then his cornerman, Dylan Dennis, says some shit, whatever. Khabib jumps over. Again, I don't the minutiae of the of the frack already, I don't know whether there's much to it apart from Khabib going in there and starting the brawl, and then a couple of stinky, dirty Russians jumping over and throwing. A couple of them were on the they're on the UFC, I think. One of Yeah, one yeah, of yeah. There was one of them, at least one of them that hit Connor when he wasn't looking. Or I think the one that was that came at him front on is in the UFC and he's going to get sacked. Yeah, and Connor. But there's also some great footage on Instagram of Connor actually fucking jabs him with a good left. Oh, gets him a fucking good left. I mean, gets just trawl through line. the trawl through the internet, punters, dribblers, and find it. I mean, do your yeah. own research. Do your own research, of course. Um, but then the the red the dude in the red who jumps in and just fucking clocks him from behind's a piece of shit. Oh, what a grubby bastard! What a grubby bastard! The whole thing was pretty grubby. Like, I mean, I don't mind. Yes. I don't hate. Uh, could be jumping over the fence and having a crack at Dylan Dennis. I mean, I can live with that. I mean, I can live just, with that he well. just takes it one step further than Connor did when he jumped the railing and had a go at fucking 
at Aldo. Do you remember that? He just didn't yeah, throw yeah, a punch. Yeah. But so, I mean, no, it is no. what it is, whatever. But that, yeah, that's fine. But jumping into the cage and King hitting him from behind and shit, that was it. After he's just had a fucking fight and been choked out is some grubby. That was fucking grubby. That was fucking grubby. I'll tell you what's funny, though, is how the UFC condemn it as like the, you know, such the ugliest incident of all time, blah, 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 which they said about Connor when he threw the dolly through the window. But once the dust settles and the Nevada Athletic Commission is bribed into some fucking super lenient, super lenient sentence, then, you know, a poultry fine, like you say, maybe those two idiots that jumped in the ring don't fight again, but the, the big boy could be, will be all right. Once the yeah. dust settles, three months' time, whatever it is, then they'll start using the footage to promote the next fight. You know what I mean? Oh, of course it's, they It's would. like, oh, we fucking hate it. It's disgusting, but let's just keep showing it. You know what I mean? Well, that's what Dana, Dana's excuse with the Dolly thing was like, hey, it's part of the story, man. Yeah, it's part, it's of, it's part of the narrative, man. We're going to tell the narrative how it is. It's so, what it is. And I'm like, you know what? That's that's all good. I'm all good with that. I don't give a Fuck shit. You. But also, like, you, I just hope you know, Dana, that it's – it's pretty transparent what you're doing. Oh, yeah. No, look, we here at Hello Sport know exactly what you're up to, Dana. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But, I mean, but I'll Khabib, tell you what it was. But then Khabib came, out, Khabib came out in the post-fight press conference for those losers that haven't followed this just with fucking, you know, uh, relentless intent like I have. Uh, and he said, he was like, why is everyone talking about me jumping the cage? He's like, does it? No one. He's like this guy. Fucking insulted my religion. Yeah. He insulted my father. Yeah. He insulted my country. He threw a fucking trolley through a bus window and cut people. Like, how and is two, no one exactly people? And you've got to remember as well that people on the bus had to pull out of the fight. Exactly, Do Michael you know I mean? Chiesa and and someone else got you know one. And also, do you remember when cut, Connor? The other one, one of his bloody. One of Connor's buddies was fighting in Ireland or something, and he jumped into the ring and was like pushing the ref and shit. Yeah, exactly. He's he's done some fucking grubby shit, no doubt about it. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, hey, and as we said, uh, we've been riding Connor for yonks, but you kind of have to, you kind of have to uh, see where Khabib's coming from when he's like, bro, this motherfucker has been saying all manner of shit here. And and doing everything he can to fucking get me. I've then absolutely pumped the bloke, and then his fucking cornerman is talking shit, and so I went for him. I kind of I'm like play on a little bit, but not the dirty Russians jumping in the ring and fucking cracking Connor. That's not yeah. Cool. No, that's when it got fucking grubby. But before that, it's play on. I reckon. Yes, I, think I wonder. So. Oh, fuck, I wonder what Dylan Dennis was saying. Well, see, this is the thing as well. Dylan Dennis, I mean, look, he's a, he's a for, again, for people who don't know, he's a jiu-jitsu black belt. He's a young guy and he trains Connor in jiu-jitsu for fights, helps him prepare. He's also fighting for Bellator for anyone who knows what the fuck Bellator is. It's, a, it's like a rival UFC company. But he's sort of just like a bit of a hanger on or a get like, like He's famous for being Connor's corner. Yeah, yeah. Do you watch, have you on his, do you follow him on Instagram rather? He's, I don't, but I do. I've said, like, I've seen him on Instagram. I went, I poured through his Instagram the other day and he's getting a little bit too big for his boots hanging around with Connor. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, well, he tries to act like Exactly. Connor. He used to be like this humble, down to earth guy that just used to love to roll. Do you know what I mean? And they'd fucking pulled him out of the ether and, brought him into the camp and then he's just hanging around him way too long, too often. Yeah. And he's just, he speaks like Connor, but without, without being able to back it up. Professional, he's had one professional MMA fight in Bellator. Yeah. Was getting lit up on his feet and then just went to the ground and fucking jujitsu his way out of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so look, yeah, he's a bit fucking. How are you? You know what I mean. But be that as it may, I mean, look, you know, just to bow it all, go away, gentlemen, yes. lick your wounds, lick your wounds, yeah, um, and then come back. I'd like Connor to do, do it again. I'd like Connor to do an interview though, just just quickly. I Connor has done no interviews yet, and I'm a bit like, come on, bro, you got to you got to speak. Well, he's not. I don't think he's going to speak for a while. He might, you yeah, know, they might trap him on the street. He might say a couple of words, but it's not going to be of anything substantial. Surely, I don't think. But surely you talk after something like that happens. Yeah, well, he was embarrassed, yeah. mortified, you know? Yeah, I know, but it's a bit Ron- – I think that's a bit Ronda Rousey when you don't fucking – Very Ronda Rousey. Vendor, very Ronda Rousey. I mean, but look, he's got a fuckload of work to do if he wants to climb back into that ring. I don't know who he's going to have to bring into his camp. He's going to have to have start having, you know, full-on fights because whatever the fuck he was doing, he looks shit. All right, Eddie. Uh, on to – uh, things of a golfing nature, actually. I was uh, I was interested to talk to you and get your thoughts, canvas your opinions, even. Now, obviously, Tiger got a, got a win. He got back in the winners' circle, which is great for everyone, great for golf especially. But would you say that golf is as sexy as it's ever been right now? Before before you answer that, let me just give you an explanation of why. Now, yeah, we've spoken sure. about how how golf is of is more often than not. Uh, the sport of the virgin, Eddie. Um, so you know you've got your your who's that bloody who's who's our little born again Christian virgin plays golf. Brent Snedeker. Oh, uh, it's Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth, right? The beacon of of uh, abstinence that is Jordan Spieth. Not that um, sexy. sexy. Brent Snedeker. Okay. I mean. Not no. that sexy. Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson, not sexy. Bubba Watson, no. not sexy. None of them. You know sexy. what I mean? Um, but uh, is, it, is it Aaron Appleby? Appleby, the, the Aussie golfer, the born-again Christian as well. He is the furthest thing from sexy. Yeah, he, Badley as well. Badley's got zero sex. Badley. Badley's who I'm thinking of. Badley. But no, Aaron been- Badley, very unsexy. All those unsexy... Born agains aside, mm. two absolutely unquestionably sexy golfers, Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepler. Oh, Brooks, big probers, huge yeah. man. Yes, huge man, thick, lift heavy, probably you'd assume, and sexy um, as fuck. I mean, yeah, big Dustin. He he got a little carried away on the on the sniff at one point. I think as well, just loves a bit of a giggle. Oh, well, Dustin. I think Dustin's a bit of a larrikin, you know, might might have a bloke. Well, he's a bit of a man's man, Tom, I think. Yeah, I've been led to believe, at least. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Ryder Cup was last week, Eddie, and mm. Dustin and teammate Brooks got into a fucking mid-air stoush on a private jet. Yes, on the Dustin way to Dustin. 10 wife. Yeah, they were on the way to the President's Cup in Paris. I mean, the Ryder Cup, rather, in Paris. And, yeah, apparently mid-flight brouhaha, Thomas. Well, exactly, a brouhaha, but not just a brouhaha over, like, who's got the fucking best handicap or, you know, who's got the most hole-in-ones. This was about an absolute unquestionable 10 of a a young lady. Uh, Who also happens to be Dustin Johnson's wife. 
that's it. Or wife-to-be, fiancé, we don't know. But Dustin approached Brooks, who is every bit an alpha male and every bit trying to fucking steal your girl, uh, about getting a little too close to his misso. He's like, oi, Brooks, firstly, get a real first name. And secondly, stop hanging out with my misso. It's making me uncomfortable because obviously alphas recognize alphas and he can see an alpha. Dustin can see an alpha in Brooks. Dustin can see an alpha when he sees one. You know what I mean? And I know that sounds ridiculous to say Dustin sees an alpha when he sees one, but alphas recognize alphas, Tom. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Now, Brooks, I mean, rather, Dustin's girlfriend is an absolute tan. Couldn't agree more. If you haven't seen her in the flesh, then just type into Google Dustin Johnson girlfriend. Daughter um, of Wayne that's gonna, famous American NHL player, ice hockey That's player. right. That's right. I mean, she's, she's in phenomenal, Nick. And apparently goes to Brooks for a bit of a shoulder to cry on when Dustin's been playing up a little bit. I think so. Okay. I think so. That's what I've heard. I've heard Dustin likes to play up. You know yes. what I mean? He's a young throbber in the prime of his life, can hit the ball further than anyone else. He's well, won a major, shitloads of coin, loves a giggle, loves a bit of a yahoo, as we've just described. And obviously those things, when put together, equal playing up a bit. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, just a little. Just a little playing up, which which has never hurt anyone historically, Eddie. I mean, Tiger, obviously, the king of playing up. I don't know if he's on Tiger level. No one is on Tiger level, mate. Now, I'm just going to pop into this little thing here. Uh, punters, dribblers, if you are a follower of Hello Sport on Acast, there's only about there's only about 5,000 of you. But if, if you are listening through Acast, just a heads up, next week we're not going to be on Acast. So what I would do is just maybe go through your other podcast platforms, like subscribe five stars that way, leave a good comment. But we won't be on ACAST. We're moving. We're changing providers. Uh, Many do it. It's just a business move and we're excited for you to follow. They weren't – basically they weren't paying us what we were worth. Well, that's it. We're top of the heap stuff and we need top of the heap cash. So we want that Super League money. You know what I mean? Like we want that le- that irresponsible contract where it's like maybe we're not worth it, but maybe we are. <laughs> so Acast, you've been great. Let's hope they're not listening to this one because this one's on Acast. So, I mean, let's hope they don't pull this one. Otherwise, we're in some real shit. But just so you know, if you're listening on Acast, don't anymore. So the cricket's on, Eddie. The cricket is on. Cricket's on. Um, and... Uh, look, I mean, I don't want to go into too much detail about what we're, how we are, because when this comes out, it might be different. It's all happening look, as we speak. Look, it's all happening, but I mean, we are playing Pakistan in Saudi Arabia, so or the Abu, where is it? Abu Dhabi, maybe. Yeah, Abu Dhabi, UAE, Let's UAE, United Arab Emirates. There we go. Um, and it's a little bit of a fucking care, eh? Obviously, when the Australian test side's playing, it's not a full care, eh? But it's a little bit of a care, eh? Uh, yes. Because I don't really give a shit until we're back home in November playing test cricket, God's summer game for the uneducated. Correct. So just wanted to um, just draw your attention to something that the great Shane Warne said in an article when our team was named. Three debutants, 
And Shane has come out and said that this is the worst batting lineup he's ever seen for an Australian team, which is a little scat. It's more than a little scat. It's fucking scat because Shane knows all. Shane knows what he's talking about, right? So, um, uh, also, also, just just before we get to this, no, no, please continue. Then I'll come back in with it. Okay. So it, Shane was quoted uh, on Omni Sport as. Uh, I'll just I'll read some of this to you. Now, firstly, before I do read it, though, Shane, you have just signed with Fox Sports. Do you think you'd say this sort of shit on Fox Sports to get a little coverage before the fucking season starts? But that's just me. Um, I swear to God, there must be some Fox Sports executive going, uh, hey, Shane, uh, mate, we just signed you on what we're all assuming is a fuckload of money. Let's drop these little fucking headline grabbers on Fox Sports, hey, so then we get quoted rather than Omni Sport. But... Warren told Omnisport, Australian cricket at the moment is struggling. I think we've got a fantastic bowling unit. Fucking oath we do. I think we've got good reserves, good backups, but our batting is as weak as I've ever seen it. Sorry, our batting is as weak as I've seen it for a long, long time, especially with probably two of our top five batsmen in the world and Warner and Smith being banned for 12 months. It weakens our batting even more. No shit, Shane. Australia revolved around Smith and Warner so much to not have those guys. It looks like probably Usman Khawaja and Sean Marsh will be our two leading batsmen in carrying the workload for the batters. Now that is scary. I'm not saying they're weak, but they're not Smith and Warner. They haven't established themselves as gun players. Correct. They are still in a way playing for their spot and they're our two leading batsmen. Also correct. For me over the years, I've watched Australian cricket for, for me. Over all the years I've watched Australian cricket, I think it's probably the weakest batting side we are going to have put together and we're probably only average, or if you're trying to be nice, a bit above average. Now, I mean... They're fighting words from Shane. They are some fighting words. But you can't disagree with him. I mean... No, you can't. Osman's still looking for his first run in Asia. I mean, Sean Marsh... I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bag Swamp Junior just yet, uh, no. but I mean we're fucking up against it. We couldn't beat Pakistan last time we went over to the UAE and had a crack. I can't see us winning here either. Not when Peter Siddle's fucking steaming in, sending down bananas. I mean <laughs> he has he has got he has got two wickets though in the defence of of Peter Siddle. P Sid. Absolutely. Hey, look, I I as much as anyone want, want to see Sids do well, yeah. I just want to see. Bowl fast and change your diet. That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. Change your diet, Pete. Just change your diet. diet the less, less bananas, mate. Less bananas. That's all we're saying. Less, less bananas. Too much potassium. Uh, There's no way that much potassium could be good. Look, I mean, no one is, no one in their right mind is going to come here and, and trying to defend the Australian team at its in its current setup. But me being the eternal optimist, Tom, and also an Australian who loves his nation. I'm also going to come on here and say that we have plenty of time before the Ashes, you know, next next yeah. next uh, June, I believe. Now, Look, I just want to say this but, article finishes off because obviously, obviously Shane is on one of the great book tours in recent memory. No spin, if you haven't. Great title, Eddie. Oh, it's great a hell of a title, Tom. I'm uh, I'm a little. I'm probably a fifth of the way through. Loving it. Oh, Absolutely really? loving, loving it. it. Okay, well, I just wanted to – so this is how this article finishes off because obviously it is a promo for his book. Shane Warne's new autobiography, No Spin, the definitive intimate insight into the life and career 
of the world's greatest living cricketer. Oh, see. I mean, that is some wild shit. That gets me up and about. I'd like to read a ch- uh, just a just a passage, if I will, from the Bible, Tom. Absolutely, please. Bible Bible studies. Um, so this is obviously Bible studies, and we'll be we'll be uh, hosting Bible studies on every podcast. Uh, if the punch yes. and the dribbler want to play along at home, so little excerpts. This is this is this is from this is actually from the blurb on the inside of the hardback. Um, I don't think okay. they're doing soft copies yet. It's it's all hardback stuff. Well, well, well. Shane's hard. Uh, Shane rarely is soft. You know what I right. mean. So I don't think it makes sense for him to do soft copies just yet. Uh, and this is the the last the last paragraph in the in the blurb. Perhaps most rivetingly of all, the romantic in him shares the secrets of his beloved art, the art that is of leg spin. It is what he calls the adventure of a lifetime, and as he says, few batsmen, if any, truly know what I do. <laughs> wow there's some fucking hubris in shane isn't there there's like there's a swagger and confidence that comes from being the greatest living mate he talks he talks he talks quite openly about how he knows he's the fucking best oh really yeah, you know what I, but like he knows well yeah he knows when you know you know it, it, he doesn't he doesn't say it in as many words but he he, he says it you know what I mean? He says it. Yeah. There is, there is, uh, so this is Mark Nicholas as well, which I think, you know, just more from the Bible. This is in the, the author's note. So this is directly from Mark Nicholas, who was the writer, um, for Shane, okay. because obviously Shane, not a great writer. No, no, he's got a, Shane's got a great grasp of the ball. That's right. Great grasp. Richie Benno called him, not, Richie Benno called him not just the greatest leg spinner of all time, but the greatest bowler he had seen. Full stop. Richie's judgment will do for me. Oh, yeah. He'll do for everyone, Mark. Yeah, that'll do. Richie will do. <laughs> I'll take that. No, thank you, Richie. We'll take that to the banks. Thank you very much. Uh, so just a couple of excerpts from the Bible this week, Tom. Just to just to wet the palate, wet the appetite for the punter and dribbler to, uh, to hopefully go out and purchase their own Bible, so we can all take That's part right. in Bible studies together. And I mean, look, we we are doing our best to basically promote Shane, and I mean, you know, and and Shane's book. He's a friend of the show. He's a dear dear friend of the show, and we just wanted to do our bit to help Shane sell some sell some books. Obviously, he came out, he reached out to us, and just said. Anything you can do, guys, to help help sales. Well, uh, Tom, let me just stop you there for a second. Why would he not go to the number one sports podcast in the nation to promote his book? She mad. Exactly. Dare I say the world. Dare I say the world. So obviously reached out, sent us a few copies. Shane's thanks for them. Uh, loving your work so far. Yes. Now, I think we bow cricket. We'll see how we go in the UAE. My hopes are mediocre at best. And that's cricket. Bow cricket. Bow cricket. There it is. Now, Eddie, a couple of things before we go. We'd like to uh, send a congratulations to our dear friend, Winksy Girl. She got named uh, New South Wales uh, Race Horse of the Year, 2018 Race Horse of the Year. Well, that is absolutely well received deserved. and deserved. deserved it's like the dallium for ponies oh she's special and if anyone got to see if anyone got to see the the turnbull stakes on the weekend winksy came from nowhere 
When she came from she nowhere. Was done. She was done and dusted. Was done. Absolutely done and dusted. Hugh Bowman sat on her cool as a cucumber. She was eight lengths back. On the rail, didn't really have a run until about 300 to go, and then had to get fucking moving, had to get up and about. Let me tell you, punters, dribblers, had to get up and about. Oh. Hugh Bowman doesn't put the whip on her, just gives her a bit of a shake, and she explodes. She She's a special, special girl, Tom. Special girl, special pony, dear to us all. So shout out to Winksy Girl. There you go, babe. Uh, probably a VB for you as well. Trough of VB. She's, I mean, she, she, she's a functioning alcoholic at this stage. We give her that much piss. <laughs> um, Eddie, don't know if there's anything else, really. Don't know if there's anything. No, else. I don't think so, Tom. It's been a pleasure. I mean, it's always great to reconnect, even though we're ten hours away from each other. Ten hours away, miles apart, worlds apart. Um, if the audio has been a bit weird, punters, dribblers, that is why, because Eddie is in Byron, living it up, sunning himself. I am. In Sydney, getting fucking attacked by my cat, disrespected by my cat, doesn't appreciate anything I do for him. Um, now, if you want to keep in touch, Hello Sport at Hello Sport Podcast on Instagram. As we said, if you're an ACAR subscriber, might want to change that because we won't be with ACAST next week. Just make adjustments, okay? We used to be on. That's- we used to be on SoundCloud. Now we're not. That's it. And now we're not. So that's all we're asking. Angus Crichton is on holidays, but we have confirmed he is coming on. He's overseas somewhere, but he's coming on. Very excited. Very pumped. Very pumped. Okay, Punishables. Lovely to talk to you. We'll see you. Why can't we live forever? Would you really want to? Can You Tell Me Why is a podcast series by the University of Wollongong that finds surprising answers to difficult questions. We tap into the bright minds of UOW experts and take a hard look at the big issues around drugs, crime, robots, immortality and much more. All eight episodes of Series 1 are available now. Can You Tell Me Why, a podcast by the University of Wollongong.